The following broadcast is brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International. Father, let every ear be anointed to hear and every heart receptive receive that which we have even today, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. In 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 26, the prophet said to his servant, Run now, I pray thee to meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, it is well. The title of the message this morning is, it is well. Now I want you to notice something here. The prophet sensed an urgency. When God begins to speak to his servants, there's an urgency. I don't know about you, I've never felt so much of of an urgency as I have these last number of years. We felt it when we started to make a run to 300 cities of the world. But really, I would say the last 30 years has been that sense of urgency, but it's really culminated into these last two years that the urgency is... It's very urgent and that there can be no messing about, that this is a matter of life and death. And especially for those in leadership in this hour, that you can't just go do some dumb, stupid thing. You have to get the mind of God because not only will it affect you, but will affect multitudes that will come on after you. And you see this taking place even now with leadership that's changing their doctrine that churches are going woke and ministers are caving and it all started with all the mandates as they begin to abide by all the mandates that were given by a heathen godless institution. And they just said, well, that's the law, which is not the law and we're not going to get into a discussion about that, but we refuse to bow our knee to anything coming out of the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. We refuse to. We refuse to. If it means death, then so be it. But we will never comply and we will never bow our knee. We bow to one king and his name is Jesus. Because their plan is not to stop. They are regrouping and their plan is is more hideous than anything you've ever seen. Anybody that can take a baby outside the womb and murder it I need not explain anything else to you about that. So there's an urgency. Everybody say there's an urgency. But one thing I've learned over the years, 42 years now, ministry, 85 countries, and then many years of serving the Lord, is that God does not see like we see. We see so limited. Our vantage point, our viewpoint is so so angled and many times it's skewed. Many times it's shaped by the situations and circumstances round about us. God does not see as we see. 
Now let's complete this miracle and then I'll get into some things here that I believe is very pertinent to what every one of you might be facing in this hour. So, when she came to the man of God, to the hills, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near and thrust away, and the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. So he could see that. And the Lord hath hid from me and hath not told me. So that proves to you that God does not tell the prophet everything. You can only see something. And somebody said, well, I want to know. It's none of your business. That's why if you run around always looking for a word for somebody else and you don't even know where you're going yourself, how about you take your radar and put it on yourself and find out what God has for you and stop running around and give everybody a word. Hello? I've never met so many confused prophets in the hour we're living in. In actual fact, when you meet them, you want to say, um, you're doing well, how am I doing? Because they always got an opinion. And how many know opinions are like armpits? Everybody has them and most of them stink. Especially if you've been in the bush for three weeks. <laughs> then she said, did I die, Isaiah, a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? And he said, guys, I gird up your loins and take my staff in thy hand and go thy way. If thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again, and lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. He understood that kind of language. You've got to have a bulldog tenacity to latch into the anointing and say, I'm not leaving until I get that which I came to receive. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to get my miracle. I'm going to see my breakthrough. I don't care what anybody says. The wild horses couldn't drag me away from it. Those that are coming for this two-week period of time, all the kids, the youth, their lives are going to be transformed. And then the summer camp meeting, the eight days, but there's going to be a transformation that takes place here on this field and people will never look back. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was no, no, neither voice nor hearing. Wherefore, he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awake. And when Elisha came unto the house, behold, the child was dead, and he laid, and laid upon his bed. And he went in and shut the door upon both of them and prayed unto the Lord. And went up and laid upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth, his eyes upon his eyes, and his hands upon his hands. So, in other words, I got to feel that he was a short little guy. He was a tiny prophet because this was a child. How do you, how do you match the child? You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. I don't have a photograph, but I come up with that conclusion. And obviously... Anyway, any time you can put your head between your knees, you're a tiny guy. If you don't believe it, see, take your head, try to put it between your knees and see how you do. All right. Remember when he prayed? All right, we'll leave that alone. Then he returned and walked in the house to and fro and went up and stretched himself 
upon him, and the child sneezed seven times, and the child opened his eyes. Then he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was come in unto him, he said, take your son. And then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. So we see a miracle taking place. Everybody say this of me, say, she made room for the anointing. And the anointing made room for her in the resurrection of what was needed. It was the resurrection of a promise. God is gonna resurrect a promise over your life in this service today and for you that are watching by way of television. A promise that died, a promise that looked like there was no way through, but God will resurrect that promise. Now, I said this earlier, that God does not see as we see. Go with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, and let's look at verse 8. Isaiah 55 and verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than yours. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sow and bread of the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I please. It will prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. For you shall go out with joy. That shall be upon every one of you in the service today. You shall go out with joy. You shall be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. All the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. Or it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Hallelujah. How many are glad that God doesn't see as we see and he doesn't think as we think, as we think, but we can have the mind of God and we can have the thoughts of God by the Holy Ghost that quickens the mind of God to us. Hallelujah. Now, interesting that he said, run to her and ask her a question. Is it well? If we had stood at the front of the arena here today and stopped many people coming in and we said, is it well? I can guarantee you right now, the first thing out of many people's mouths would not have been it's well. It would have been, it's been hell. It's been like crap, pastor. I tell you what, this happened this last week. This happened. I mean, and if everybody heard, everybody reciting all of the stuff, because how many of you know, everybody goes through difficult stuff. Are you with me? If everybody heard everybody reciting the difficult stuff, we'd all just quit. We'd just say, you know, I mean, there's no hope for me. Especially when you hear some people whine. Not W-I-N-E, W-H-I-N-E. When some people whine and dine, they W-H-I-N-E, they whine. They're whining all the time. You don't hear me come here to the pulpit and whine. I tell you what God's saying. I've, I never share a lot of the stuff that's from behind the scenes. You, you don't even want to know. And then when people find out about it, they go, oh my God, Pastor, you should have told us. What was I going to tell you? You were going through worse stuff. 
Because people always look at the man of God and say he doesn't go through anything. Sometimes if you knew what I went through just to get to the pulpit, <laughs> you would be taking a, 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 a bottle of Tylenol. Hello. You'd, you'd be smoking Hunter Biden's crack pipe before long. People have no clue what we have to deal with behind the scenes. There are times when I just, I just, I, 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 I just, I go, and I have to pray, Father, the moment my feet touch the platform, I receive the anointing to minister to your people. So, run. Even his servant had to have the same urgency. Run. Ask her, is it well? Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? So he knew something was wrong. She said, it is well. However, the child was dead. Now, I don't know about you, but there's no ways that you can say it's well when your child's dead. I mean, you could see when she ultimately got to the man of God, she really kind of like gave him a backhand slap. So you really were playing with me, eh? that I get this child and now the child's dead. Are you with me? Did you actually lie to me? Which that shows people's humanity. Nothing wrong with that. Didn't phase the prophet. The prophet didn't say, you're really rude. After all I've done to help you, and you go say that, well, then you just drop dead too. Listen, these prophets were ruthless. They cursed. The kids were mocking the prophet. He cursed them, and a bear came out and killed all the children. So you, 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 an Old Testament prophet was next level. You never knew if he was having a good day or a bad day. They, they were, kids were mocking him because he had bald hair and he cursed them and a bear came out and there were several dozen kids killed. Somebody said, don't ever have that prophet in the church. He came here, we lost half of our children's ministry. A bear came out and just took him out. I know you look at me, Pastor. Hollywood could have made a movie of that. They never did. I mean, that's pretty ruthless. The prophets walking around and they're mocking his bald head and he cursed them and a bear came out and killed them. But I've often wondered about this passage. I've often thought about it because we've had to deal with many people having many problems and situations that are impossible. And I thought to myself, how can you say it's well if a child's dead. Because I know that's what you're asking right now. How can I say, Pastor, if I'm going to tell you it's well, I'd be lying. Because it's not well. It's been hell. There is an E-L-L there. But there's no W. There's rather an H. For some people, that's where they live. Was it because of the miracle that she received at the start when she couldn't have the child and the prophet prophesied? And so she, there was an element of 
she still had that switch turned on? Or was she calling those things that be not as though they were? Which we have to do over America because the America looks like it's dead. It looks like it's dead. Are you with me? Or you in Canada, or you in other countries of the world, it looks like there's a total upheaval. Can these bones live again? Lord, I don't know, you know. But somebody has to stand in the gap and somebody has to speak the word of the Lord in this hour and somebody has to speak the word of faith and say, it is well, it is well, it is well, it is well, it is well. So somebody said, calling those things that be not as though they were, what are you talking about? Are you part of the name it, claim it, frame it bunch? Yes, I am guilty as charged. I'm part of the name it, claim it, frame it. We name it, we claim it, and God frames it. If you don't like that, you're in the wrong church. I'm just telling you right now, we're not going to back down because you don't understand the Bible. And you're listening to theologians that have been trained from the Frankfurt School of Theology. Hello. Go with me to Romans 4. And verse 13, for the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Everybody say, the righteousness of faith. How many righteous do we have here? So any of these promises are not extended to you because of the law. They extended to you because of righteousness and the righteousness of faith. Righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of God without any fear or guilt or condemnation. Righteousness is the ability to come boldly up to the throne of grace to receive what you need in the time of trouble. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open under their prayers, 1 Peter 3 and 12. The eyes of the Lord, he's watching over the righteous. As that old song said, his eye is on the sparrow. So if his eye is on the sparrow, then he's watching you and he's watching me. Every time you see a sparrow, then you know if he's watching that bird, he's watching you. If God cares for the birds of the air, will he not care for you? For if they which were of the law be heirs, faith is made void. And the promise made of none effect, because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, listen to me, it is of faith. Everybody say, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. God quickens the dead. 
who against hope believed in hope that he might be the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform. Therefore, because of this faith, it was appointed unto him for righteousness. So even though the woman moaned about the situation, she'd already released the faith that came from her heart. The moaning was coming from her head. Hello. The faith... It is well came from her heart. The moaning, did you lie to me? That came from her head. The one came from her spirit. The other one came from her head. Now, most people are trapped in the head and trapped in the emotions, and they never get into faith. And whatever is not of faith is sin. Are you with me? But the moment you get into faith, then you are into righteousness, and you begin to unlock some things that God begins to do. So don't forget verse 13, not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And then verse 22, imputed to him for righteousness. Now, I shared this and then I got texts and people called and they thought I was at the end of my life and whatever. But a week ago, I was really battling some things personally. And obviously, somebody said, what are you talking about? Well, I'm the guy that got arrested. Oh, there he goes again, talk about the arrest. Well, I didn't spend 10 days in solitary confinement like you did, but I, I spent 40 minutes in prison. The bottom line, when they come to your house and put handcuffs on you and take you away, you got arrested. If they can arrest you once, they can arrest you twice. And the fact that I'm not going to back down, so if anybody's going to get arrested, it's going to be me first. I'm the canary in the coal mine. So... Leading up to all of these events, going way back, and I don't want to go back into which time period it was, but I realized that we were walking a fine line because of the message that we bring here at the river. We preach a radical message. We don't preach a message of the flesh. We're not talking about weapons of the flesh to overthrow anything, but we talk about the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So we talk about by the Spirit of God. But whether you get attacked for the Second Amendment, you get attacked for the power of the Holy Ghost. So we, we get mocked because we believe in the Second Amendment here at the church, which would be the final last straw, the last resort. That means when there's no other resolve, obviously you have that as a backup. Are you with me? which is the reason why the founding fathers put that there. But we are not resorting to the weapons of the flesh. We have the weapons of the spirit and the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal, but are mighty through God. We've got the name of Jesus. We've got the word of God. We've got the blood of Jesus. We've got the angels. We've got the Holy Ghost. Amongst just a few of the weapons that have been granted to us that we can fight the battles that we need to fight. But... For many years now, going even back years before I was arrested, there were many times when I would say goodbye to my wife, say goodbye to my children, and say goodbye to my grandchildren as though I might never see them again. 
Someone said, Pastor, you're too dramatic about it. No, because I realize where the enemy comes, he wants to silence you. And I already laid my life on the altar and I said, we will never be quiet. It's not even an option. It's not even negotiable. Somebody said, let's just be nice about it. No, no, because once you know what I know, there is no negotiation. Do you understand what I'm saying? Any compromise, any given, okay, you can't lay hands on the sick. Why? But the virus is going to kill everybody. I'm sorry, you just negated the whole Bible for me, which the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We'll cover your face. I'm not covering my face. I refuse to cover my face. On the other hand, your face is ugly, so please cover it. In actual fact, put a bag over your head. I'm not covering my face. Well, just we want to put this thing up your nose. I'm not taking anything up my nose. I got something for your nose, but I'm not putting anything on up my nostril. It's not negotiable. They now are declaring that they actually are vaccinating people through a PCR test. They're just coming out with it now. So you people, well, we'll just comply. It'll be fine. It's, you are signing your own death warrant. Now, I will die for the cause of the gospel of Christ, but I'm not dying for a Darwin Award. Are you with me? So, so in my spirit, I realize the urgency. And even though we in 2022, and here we are, two years, two and a half years after the arrest, I understand anything can go wrong in the midterms. Anything can go wrong in the next four years with the governor. We could get some transgender, only God knows what, maybe an alien lands from another planet. They're already talking about it. So maybe an alien comes from one of Jupiter's moons and now he becomes governor of the state of Florida. Anything can happen. Why? They could even have Mickey Mouse run and he could be the governor. You can imagine, because Mickey, you don't know if he's a male or female. You're not sure what he is. Are you with me? Um, Anyway, I'll leave that alone. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is that we're dealing with situations that are going from bad to worse because the Bible says in the last days evil men and seducers will wax worse. So they're getting worse. Whatever is evil, they are leaning towards. And we're leaning, we end the time when they call evil good and good evil. So whatever is good, they call evil. Whatever is evil, they call good. And they are sanctioning it and they're making laws in the land to sanction evil and to exalt evil and to lift up evil. One of my tweets went viral over, the, over Saturday. There's over a million people that have seen it. You have to go to Twitter, you'll see it. It's right up there. And I won't tell you what it is because you're going to have to go see it. It's in, it's in my news broadcast. But this scripture, so I was sitting and I was really, I just felt because I'm feeling the burden. I'm feeling the burden. Somebody said, what burden? Well, I feel the burden or the weight of what's coming for the body of Christ. So everybody says, yeah, but we in Florida. What does that got to do with it? I was arrested in Florida. I wasn't arrested under Trump, I mean a Biden administration. I was arrested under a Trump administration. So it's got nothing to do with who's president, whether you get arrested or not. 
I never got a call from 45 to even say thank you for standing. Because I know his advisor would say, don't call that guy, he's crazy. He's one of the crazy Pentecostals, they talk in tongues. Would I wanted a call? No, I mean, the bottom line is, but I never got one, but I know other people got a call and they didn't hardly do anything. So you feel the burden for what's coming. At the same time, carrying the burden for what you feel the Holy Ghost wants to do in this hour. But then you have to guide the people. It's like an like icebreaker that has to break through the ice so the other boats can come through. And I, I can't get away from it. To get away from it, I would have to resign the ministry. It doesn't leave me. It's with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Every waking moment, it's on me, and I live with it. I'm not complaining to you. I'm just telling you the burden. So he said, well, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I understand all that. This is attached to the call and the assignment. Are you with me? So it's overwhelming most times. I find myself even now on the phone praying with people, crying with them on the phone because they live in extenuating circumstances in another state, another city, another town, another nation, and they live on the brink of getting arrested or their family never seeing them again. That's what the stand is all about. We stand for them. They took him and stuck him in solitary confinement for 10 days. 10 solid days. This dear lady, been watching the stand for the last number of years. She, she couldn't wait. She walked on the property yesterday and just started weeping, just so happy to be here. She said, I'm finally here. But people find themselves in precarious situations. Somebody said, well, it's got nothing to do with me. For you, no, but for me, yes. Because if one part of the body suffers, the other part of the body suffers. You see, I can't detach myself from this stuff. Somebody said, you mean you can't have fun? Oh, I have plenty of fun. Anybody hang around me, you'll have fun. Anybody who knows me, I have fun. I have fun all the time, but that does never take away from the weight of what you're feeling, the gravity of what you're feeling, and the urgency of what you're feeling. So, when you spend hours a day encouraging other people, you know, I was sitting, we were sitting at the pool. My wife was sitting there, we just said nothing, we just sitting there just chilling, watching the birds, and we had a hawk flying around, and just sitting there, you know, and I was just sitting there saying to myself, I said, you know, Lord, this is just great. I encourage everybody, 
You think I'd get some encouragement. Now, even somebody say, you want somebody to call you and tell you how much they love you? No. I'm not looking for human words. There's, a, there's, a, there's another level of encouragement with where it's the word of the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. You know, oh, we, we just love you. We love your ministry. That doesn't encourage me. Oh, we just, we thank God for you. That encouraged me nothing. You can't base your faith on, we, we love you, we think you want to. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you or don't you? Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't base. You base what you do on the word of the Lord. On the word of the Lord. That's the encouragement. So I'm sitting there and I see my phone goes off and there's a scripture on the phone. Well, now I'm doing this today because I could never get rid of the scripture. It's been on me since she texted. My wife texted me the scripture. Isaiah 3.10, say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him. And I'm looking at it and I'm looking, it's from Adonica. I'm now got tears in my eyes. Oh my God. I just said, Lord, I need some encouragement. And my wife encourages me by text. She's sitting right by me and it comes right on my phone. And now I got hit with a sledgehammer. So I want to say to all the righteous here today, it shall be well with you. It shall be well. Listen to me carefully, every righteous person watching my television or sitting here today. It is well. It shall be well with you. This, I couldn't shake it the whole week. I said, Lord, Sunday, what do you want me to tell the people? He said, tell them it is well. Tell them it is well. What's going to come out of your mouth this whole week whenever somebody says, what's going on? It is well. It is well. It is well. It is well, it is well. The devil's a liar and can go to hell, but it is well, it is well. We're not backing down, it is well. We're not going under, we're going over. It is well, it is well. It's well in my town, it's well in my city, it's well in my neighborhood, it's well in my house, it's well with my wife, it's well with my child, it's well, it's well, it is well. It's well in my country. It is well. It is well. It is well. Say to the righteous. It is well. I say to the righteous. It is well. It is well. It is well. It is well. And the reason I say this, because many people have a word, but they don't have the word. You're not looking for a word. You need the word. And the word for you this morning on this 17th day of July, 2022, it is well. Regardless of any circumstances, I don't care if your pet pooch just passed. It is well. I don't care if you found your parrot hanging upside down in his cage. It is well. I don't care if your washing machine blew up before you came to church. It is well. I don't care about any of these things. It is well. And I say all that, God still knows all the other stuff. 
Somebody said, but if you said it is well, when it's not really well, then really you're just lying to yourself. No, you're calling those things that be not as though they are. When I read that, say ye to the righteous, it shall be well with him. I told my wife, I said, thank you so much for that word. She's not short of words. My wife is never short of words. You want words, she can give you words. But she gave me the words. And today, I give you the words. To every righteous river person, it is well. It is well. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. I want you to think about every circumstance that you could jump up right now and maybe say to me, Pastor, it's not well because of this, 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 and this. Maybe you've got a whole list. Maybe you have a ream of paper. Let's take a few minutes. I'm not doing this so I can depress you. I'm doing this because I want to get a response from you. How many have finished doing that? How many have done all of that you want to do? Now I want you to lift your hands. And I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, I want you to shout out, it is well. And I believe that as you shout out, it is well, that your spirit is going to be flooded with the goodness of God. As the psalmist said, what would have become of me had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord revealed in the land of the living. Now this is over every circumstance that you're facing. This is over every doctor's report. This is over every banker's report. This is over every lawyer's report. This is over every circumstance that looks impossible. Are you ready to call those things that be not as though it is? One, two, three.
Come on, miracles are popping like popcorn all over this place. When you make a declaration of faith, God begins to move on your behalf to turn hopeless situations around. I'm going to say this, by the Spirit of God, the Lord spoke to me that there are people, entities, that are blocking your way. God says, I'm going to remove them. I'm going to remove them. And the Lord said, he does not care what their designation is. They might be a president, vice president. They might be a governor. There might be a sheriff or whatever over your territory. God said, I will remove that which comes against your life because he said, I will protect my children and I will take care of my people. Woe be, woe unto the one that tries to touch God's people. Woe unto you. Your house will be cut off and made a dunghill. Do not touch the church and don't touch the people of God. It's not that you would lift your hand to do one thing, but the hand of God will be moved against them. And obstacles are going to be moved. This obstacle is going to be moved out before the end of the month. I said before the end of the month. Before the end of the month of July. I said before the end of the month of July. It is well. It is well. It is well. It is well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many needed to hear this? How many needed to have it personalized? I could not say it any greater than if I was looking at you, it was just you and me, and I'm talking to you. Somebody said it was for everybody in general, but you in particular. It is well. Now I want you to turn to your neighbor and say it is well. Now there needs to be a smile there, not like a grunt. Israel. Turn to the person on the other side of you and say it is well. Quickly turn to the person behind you and tell them it is well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
When you go to your nation, it will be well. It will be well. It will be well. It shall be well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. For if God can make the seeing eyes or the blind eyes to see, he can make the seeing eyes blind. Hallelujah. God shall make the seeing eyes blind. God shall make the seeing... Listen to the word of the Lord for you. The Lord shall make the seeing eyes blind. Amen. I want everybody to just bow your heads right now. I'm going to give an invitation because I believe that for everybody here, it shall be well. Let's take a few minutes with this. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed. You didn't come here by accident today. But while you're sitting here with your head bowed and your eyes closed and you in your homes, I want to give an invitation. Maybe you came here today, you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, come be my Lord and Savior. So in other words, you've never classified yourself as being righteous. But today, you will join the ranks of the righteous. When you leave this pavilion today, you'll say, I'm righteous. Therefore, it is well. Maybe you never gave your life to the Lord. If you died today, where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to a devil's hell. 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood, lose all the guilty stains today. The power of sin will be broken. The power of guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You come in here one way, but you leave another way. Today calls, will you surrender and say, yes, Lord. You watching in your homes. Maybe it's something hidden that no one can see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust. The hidden things that clog the heart of man. But today you say, I'm coming back. Maybe it's something outward that everyone could see. And you say, well, what's the use? They all know about it. But God's a God of a second chance. God is a God of a new beginning. Jesus is standing with arms wide open. He says, come. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Come. He calls you. He calls you. He calls you now. Maybe you've come under this pavilion or you're watching by way of television and you say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord in days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. I've allowed the storms of life to come and affect me. My fire has gone out. I've got a few embers left. I went through a tragedy, I was a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked my world, but today I want to come back. I want to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Or maybe you're sitting there or you're watching and you say, Pastor, I do love the Lord, but I don't have any assurance that I am a child of God. I want to know, like some of the testimonies I heard, where people just knew. You could see they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. I want to know, like that I know that I'm a child of God. If this is you and you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you right where you are. Quickly, 
without any hesitation whatsoever, quickly put your hand up right now. Say, pray for me. I need Jesus. I need him right now. Thank you, lady. Thank you. Another lady there. Another lady there. Another one over there. Thank you. Just flip it up high. Thank you, sir. Anybody else? Just quickly pop your hand up high. Right where you are and say, yes, Lord. Right near the back. On the left side. Right at the back of the field. I see your hands right now. Just slip them up. Slip them up high. You in your home, slip them up high. Somebody said nobody can see me. Jesus can see you. He's right in that room with you. He's right in that prison cell with you. He's right in that hospital room with you. Just slip that hand up and say, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Today is my day. I'm not leaving this place the same way I came. Once you've raised it, you may put it down. I want you to look at me, if you would, please, all across the field. On this side of the pavilion, my right side, your left, all the way to the back. If you did not raise your hand but want to be included, quickly put that hand up and say, include me, include me, include me in the prayer that you're going to pray. Just put it up high. The middle section, you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, quickly slip the hand up right now. Pray for me. Pray for me. Anybody else? Thank you. Over on this side, you didn't raise your hand but want to be included, slip your hand up right now. Right at the back, I see it. I want every person that raise your hand, I want you to stand all across the field. Quickly, stand, 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 stand. Quickly, stand, stand. I want you to bring your personal belongings and come stand right here. We're going to pray together. Come, come, come right now. You that are watching my television, stand right here in your house right now. turning back no turning back the cross before me the world behind me the cross before me Behind the world me. behind me, the cross before me, the cross before me, the world behind. No turning back, no turning back, no turning back, no turning back. You can take the whole world, but give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning. 
You know, I love it when the little kids respond. And today's a special day. One of the twins, she's only three and a half, she's come in the call today, which I had her daddy come. And her aunts come. And then all the other grandbabies come. It's just amazing when you see your grandkids starting to respond. It's a big day today for me. Amen. I want you to stretch out your hands towards these here. We're going to pray. You in your homes, pray that prayer. Say this together with me. Believe it in your heart. And say it with your mouth out loud. Say, Father, I come to you. In the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. Fill me. Use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin, and I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now lift both hands and just begin to thank him right now. Just lift both hands. Lift both hands and just thank him right now. Just thank him right now. Just thank him. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit, that on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God. I send every curse back to its place of origin, and I speak your blessing upon them even now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, by the authority of the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Then let me just tell you, as a servant of the Most High God, by the power of the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the Word of God, and by the awesome power of the Holy Spirit, I tell every single one of you right now, your sins are forgiven you right now.
forgiven, 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 forgiven. Amen. Hallelujah. This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Drs. Rodney and Adonica Howard Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.